Kim, Stuart, and Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 98, and we're back after three months, and it shows. Wow. <laughs> wow. It really does. It really does. It's great to see you guys. Great to see you guys. You too. Because without this podcast, we don't ever get to talk to you. <laughs> exactly. You look a lot older than last time I saw you. I know. If it weren't for The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead and Preacher, we wouldn't talk at all. No. <laughs> but I tell you what, we needed that break after last year. Whew. With everything was... running back to back to back to back. I mean, That wow. was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you guys noticed we didn't put anything out during that three months because <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> we needed a break. Yes. I, I know I was in a coma. So, it was time. Yeah. Uh, somewhat sorry to everybody out there if you're looking for stuff from us, but... Um, we're back now. Yes. And raring to go. Aye. And we have a new song in our intro. Yeah, if you didn't, Whoa. if you didn't notice, one of our... Listeners. Listeners. Um, actually, uh, donated a, a song that he had pre-recorded. Mark LaVarnway gave us a song called Dire Wolf, and um, he records with his band out of Texas called Soul Doubt. And so if you guys like that song, you can look up his band on Facebook at facebook.com backslash soul doubt. Okay, S-O-U-L-D-O-U-B-T. I like yes. that name. Soul Doubt. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so very cool. Thanks, Mark. Mark, you are awesome. Thank you so much for that. I love it. I think it sounds very much like Stranger Things. Yeah, I don't think we did it justice enough. Still working with it, a little editing, but um, no, I think it. I think it all. It'll work in perfectly for us. Oh, I love it. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. So new song, new mid-season, new storyline, totally new story different line. from comic books. So ah, we well, have yeah, a you, lot. Yeah, to you've talk been about. talking Broken about away. that. You've nice. been. You had some negatives, some positives for that. Mainly negatives, I think, for the a lot of negatives. Away. But there are some other podcasters and well, stuff. We'll talk about it. Okay, all right. We'll talk about it. In the meantime, what is everybody drinking? Uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, my friend I brought tonight is the Blood, or Blood Orange Hoppy Kaye from Lone Rider out of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. That's a very good brew. What's it called? Hoppy Kaye. Hoppy ah. Kaye, motherfucker. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one. It's really good. I do like it. Mine is a new one from Terrapin here in Athens, Georgia. It's Beyond the Galaxy IPA. Super yummy. And I love the can because it's very celestial. Mm -hmm. Purple. Space, it says space is the place. It's a limited release. It's super good. Nice. Nice. What are you drinking? So far, so good. I am drinking a new one from Unknown Brewery here in Charlotte called Scratch and Sniff. It's their <laughs> aromatic IPA. Yeah, and I like it is that. delicious. It is really good. I thought, you know, when I was reading Aromatic IPA, I thought I was going to get this real flowery tasting 
uh, IPA that you get sometimes, but this thing is really mm. smooth. Um, it's it's got enough punch to uh, to remind you it's an IPA, but it's very uh, very refreshing. Do they and, have a uh, scratch and sniff thing on the side of the can? Um, you can scratch it and sniff it. I'm sure. Oh, okay. um, I haven't but tried it'll just yet. Smell like aluminum. It might. It might. You probably have to open the can and taste the beer. That's the best way to go. Yes. But I love it. I am. Uh, uh, I think it's one of my new favorites right now. Cool. So, so nice job, unknown. And that's the that's the brewery that's down by the Panthers Stadium. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Cool. Okay, let's dive in to the midseason premiere, season eight, episode nine, honor. Um. Yeah. I. I have to say. I. Um. I'm not sure if I should even be talking about this episode right now. Why? Because I don't know if I can do it justice. I don't know if I wasn't in the mood for it or what, but I really, really hope you guys like this episode. Because I hope... <laughs> you didn't like it? I could not get into it. I really couldn't. And I think the starting... You know, actually, the um, the starting, I thought, was a lot longer than it actually was when they started recapping a bunch of stuff, like where... Uh, Carl got bit, um, and just everything that was going on with the war and blah, blah, blah. But it was like only 10 minutes in. I was like, well, thank God it's only 10 minutes in, because I felt like I just watched like a half an hour. Mm-hmm. It just felt like really <laughs> slow. And It seemed out. like Carl had himself a very busy day. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I liked the stuff with Morgan. I liked uh, the stuff with Carol. I really liked... Uh, them spending so much time with Gavin because I liked his I love his character yeah Uh, yeah I I loved his character I hated I hated to see him go yeah but um yeah the the Carl stuff I really I mean I understand I totally understand why they had to do it because of his importance to the story and uh his importance to the entire series I just really didn't want to see that much about it Hmm. I wanted Mm -hmm. him to move on a little bit more all right well when I went into this, and actually for the entire three-month break, I was not excited about seeing this episode at all. Sunday afternoon, it was kind of like any other day, no big deal, Walking Dead's coming on, but I, for the very first time in the entire series run, I was not excited about watching it. I could have actually gone on without watching it. Yeah, you and I talked about that. Yeah. And then Carl said goodbye to his little sister. It was all over. I was bawling my yeah. eyes out. Oh my god! I was like crying like a baby. <laughs> that was the other thing. I, I mean, could I, not stop. Kim was crying. <laughs> oh lord! Crazy. And I felt terrible, but I was laughing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was too when you were telling me about it. <laughs> I so. so wanted to be supportive. I, I and I didn't want to ruin it, but I could not stop laughing because you were so into it you were so into it so and, distraught yeah you were very distraught it was um wasn't quite as emotional as when herschel died but it was damn near close really yeah you were pretty emotional i i was off my rocker <laughs> mm-hmm. and you so were. after all that is said and done i really enjoyed this episode a lot yeah. more than i thought i would even though it scarred you for a while and you may did. not be able to get back into it oh my god well, you know, because I had so much vested in this episode towards the end, it makes me excited to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Like how they're going to change. And I'll talk about this a little bit more too, but later on. But I'm interested to see how they're going to change up the entire storyline now. 
Well, I mean, it's not like everything that was in the comic books before. You were following along with what was going on. This is so. a pretty major one, though. Okay, Scott, what'd you think? Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a fantastic episode. I mean, it really was. Um, I, you know, there was a lot going on in there. I, I do have to say, Stuart, I do did agree with you. I think you and I were texting near the end there that uh, I, I. A scene from Seinfeld kept playing in my head when uh, Mr. Peterman dragged uh, dragged uh, um, what's her name to see uh, the English patient. Uh-huh. That cannot help. <laughs> and she kept screaming, "Oh, die already!" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I I thought that some of that lingered. I got a little tired of it when they started talking about the kid he shot in the past and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought. Best scene of all that was actually when Sadiq said his goodbye. I thought that yeah. was that was fantastic when he talked about honoring Carl. Um, I thought that was the best of the of the the stuff with the goodbye stuff. You know, Rick just used, looked his typical uh, wasteland Rick. Um, I think you know. that that alone, like he was the only one that really did say goodbye. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they tried to have Daryl come in there and say something, and it was, you know, very minimal. And then there's all these other people that are there that really said nothing. It was very odd to me, actually, that that scene. But Sadiq, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I I liked his character, too. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I think um, they didn't want to make like a... Um, uh, Queuing up in line to say goodbye to Carl. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, all the I'm characters there. Yeah, I and I think I, I think that makes sense. They most of them kind of stood back out of reverence to the situation. Yeah, giving them um, space. Yeah, as well. But. So you know, I thought that was smart. That was smart. They kept it to a minimum. It just uh, it did go on too long. But 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 that aside, um, uh, uh, Carl's character was fantastic in this episode, um, and uh, it was a nice send off for the character. And the other stuff that was going on was fantastic. I mean, the stuff with King Ezekiel, I thought was great. I mean, those scenes and all with Carol and 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 Morgan and so forth, and uh, and little Henry sneaking around, little rats, bastard. Yep. yep. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I thought that that stuff was really good. I think they did an excellent job, and it was definitely it had enough action to move it along. Mm-hmm. Um, to up until I would say probably the last ten minutes it was moving along at a pretty decent pace because it was jumping back and forth between different things. So you could have a little bit of action and then a little bit of memories and a little bit of action and a little bit of dream, dream world. Uh, I thought the dream world stuff was a little ridiculous. Um, I, I, I didn't know Carl had such a fairy tale life in his head. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's just, you know, a kid. Well, I, 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 yeah. Okay. Whatever. I thought it was a little <laughs> silly, but, um, Especially when Negan gets up, and and I'll tell you what, at the end when when they show Negan in the dream world and he smiles, he still looked creepy as hell. I agree. <laughs> that smile just looked like he was going to hit somebody with a bat. <laughs> well, don't I mean? Don't you think that was kind of like waking you up to a reality kind of thing, though? I mean, did you actually think that he was supposed to be like a no, good I think guy he was supposed, in that? Scene? He was supposed to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I think he was supposed to be portrayed as a good guy in the dream that because everybody came together. That's okay. what Carl wanted was for his dad to to make friends with everybody, and because he kept saying, "What's next? What's next? You can't kill them all." I just That's why you saw it. Eugene there. I yeah. never, I never, never took it as that. Though. Well, it just was. He still, he still took that Negan pose when yeah, he, when he exactly. got up, which exactly. kind of I, 
I think if he'd have just stayed on the ground and turned around and smiled at her and said hi or something like that, then that probably would have been more effective. But uh, And because he was the last part of that sequence, too. That was the other side mm-hmm. of it. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be the shock value, I guess, with what right. you're saying that, you know, okay, oh, well, even Negan's made up right. everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for me, it was kind of like uh, the creepy ghoul that and you know is in the dream all of a sudden, kind of like Freddy Krueger all of a sudden right. showing up in the scene. Yeah, exactly. You, you expect to get a scream track after that. Yeah, exactly. But um, but you know, but the, the scenes and all were really well done, and I thought Chandler Riggs' acting in this really made up for a lot of the bad acting he did for a long time on the series. He was he did an really excellent good. job. He, was he did good. an excellent job in the ser- in the end there. You know, and, that's uh, funny because <laughs> I thought the opposite. Really? Yeah. I thought he, I thought he was good, especially at the very end when he was talking to Rick. The very end was good. No, it was the very beginning prior to the scenes where he's saying his goodbyes to Judith and everybody. I thought it was very forced. He's, he's always like, seemed, yeah, he's always seemed no, like that kind of actor that really needs to just force it out. I didn't pick up on that too much on this. He didn't annoy me too much on that. Mm. Well, think, think how so. hard it is to act while you're laying on the ground. I mean, yeah, I it's that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I always hear actors talking about that when they have to do a scene like that, when everybody's around them watching and they're laying on the ground, they feel real vulnerable in that position. Yeah. To being able to act. Um, I thought I, I thought it was a strong performance by him. Well, I did appreciate the fact that his makeup changed throughout the mm-hmm. episode. So he looked really good at the first part. And then yeah. every, you know... Every few minutes, you could see his face was getting more and more ashen, and his eyes were sinking, getting red. Um, There was one point when they showed him laying on the stretcher, and his eyes looked very blue, cloudy like a a walker. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't dead yet. Not dead yet. Um, Not dead yet. um, But it it gave you that idea that, okay, he's close. He's getting very Mm -hmm. close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I liked all the, the way they did that. I also liked the makeup for the walkers who actually bit him. Those close-up mm. scenes they did, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good. And I heard there was another tribute walker for uh, the Crypt Keeper. Um, it, which scene? That scene? Um, no, it was one where the, the walker is laying down, and it's dark out, and it's a walker that has kind of a hole in his cheek like the Crypt Keeper mm-hmm. from Stephen King people. And his eyes are sunken in, and but it has not been confirmed by Nicotero yet that that's who it is. Well, I, so, okay. it's it's funny you said that because I did think that one of the two walkers that attacked Carl looked familiar, mm-hmm. like I'd seen that walker before somewhere. I can't like, remember <laughs> exactly. Like I think yeah. it was because he gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, you know, he said, "Hey, buddy." Oops, let me get back to chewing on the kid. He started telling a story that was very ghoulish. (laughs) Please don't ever, ever, ever do that again. Uh, Ever. Thank you. And other such puns. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Let me go dig up another story. Okay, you're done. Okay. Uh, Can you turn off his mic? (laughs) Any chance we could just turn off Stuart's mic? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That would be just wonderful. (laughs) Stuart's still not back from the hiatus. (laughs) Uh, Not at all. Uh, So, (laughs) did I really kill the conversation that bad? Uh, You brought it to a screeching (laughs) halt. Oh, man. All right. 
Let's talk a little bit about uh, Ezekiel and Gavin. I thought the dialogue between those two, because you, I, I think we've all said in the past that we, we kind of like Gavin. He was the only one of the lieutenants that we liked. And uh, um, just because he seemed like deep down, he just did not want to be doing the stuff he had to do. Mm-hmm. He had and, a bit of uh, humanity to him. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he, he, he even though he, he uh, still carried out what he was supposed to be doing based on what he was ordered to do. Yeah. Didn't didn't one of our our listeners one time say something about the fact that they thought he he might have been like a school principal in the past or something like <laughs> someone, that? Yeah, something someone yeah, like someone did that. make a comment like that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could see that. I could see that. Um I thought though that the his his struggles with what he knew he had to do and the fact that he really did like Ezekiel and and I think Ezekiel liked him too, really. Um but you know, Ezekiel was going to try to reach him, and if he couldn't reach him, then he wasn't going to he wasn't going to stick with him anymore. But mm-hmm. he really gave it a college try. Well, I actually wrote in my notes that while I was watching the episode, that at one point it looked like Gavin had like two different personalities that he was fighting between: the personality of "I want to make a difference and I want to change, but I don't know how," versus "I am Negan." And like knowing that his life is pretty much owned by Negan mm-hmm. and that nothing is ever going to get better than that. And he mm-hmm. would like switch between the two so seamlessly. It was pretty amazing to watch him do that. Yeah, um, it was great acting. Yeah, especially when, when Ezekiel was like, you are the author. What did he say? You are the author of... He said the decision's been made, but you can stop it or something like that. Well, he or... said it's not too late to walk it back. To yeah, walk yeah, back from something yeah. decided. Yep, yep. Right. That was was just so beautifully done. I loved it. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's yeah. he, his his um, relationship with uh, the saviors is his own convenience. I mean, it's his own security. Well, it's yes. like you he know, said. And, and, you know, he said to to Ezekiel that I do not like doing this stuff. You know, he said I don't want to do this stuff. But he but he also at the, in the same speech he's saying how he liked ezekiel because ezekiel got it yeah he said i liked like, you you got you know, that you couldn't you, do better exactly you got that that you didn't fight you didn't need to fight it you played along with the system mm-hmm. and everything moved along smoothly there were no issues but, and because that's i mean that's how he wanted it played. he understood that okay you could not agree with it at points but you don't fight it this is the way it is well except he kind of portrayed it a little bit differently in my eyes too i mean his yeah, he was saying he liked him, but he was also saying he liked him because you realized you couldn't do better. I think he even said those words. Yeah, it was a little uh, bit darker. I mean, yeah, he twisted it, was, it a little bit darker. Yeah, it was definitely. much more negative. Yeah. You know, that, that uh, you realized you can't do better than this, that you can't do better than us, so you did what you were supposed to do. But in the same, in the same breath, that's probably because that's how he felt. Yes. You right. know, that's why he mm-hmm. stuck with the saviors as well, is because he knew he couldn't do any better. He, yeah, right. There was no no need to fight it. Yeah. So. Oh, he said, would, "I'm the author. You're the dead man. That's how it's going to be." Mm-hmm. I would I would really like to. Uh, I I really would have loved to seen a little bit more of his backstory, how he got there, because I definitely think he's one of the most interesting characters in uh, in Negan's camp. Um, Captain Mustache is probably short for the show. I don't think he's going to be around much longer. Captain Mustache, who's that? The guy with the big Fu Manchu mustache? Oh, Stephen Ogg. Yeah, Ogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Captain Mustache. That's what you call him? <laughs> mm-hmm. He is all on board. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, Mr. Cra- he's more no, no, on no, the no, crazy no, no. train, though. Yeah, I don't think he's all on board. I think he's on all on board on his board. But I don't think he's on Negan's board. Well, I mean, they're all they're all out for themselves in a way. Then yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. the difference between, I think, what Gavin was definitely out to protect himself. But at the same time, he didn't want others actions forcing his hand to kill people i mean right. he right you know he understood that um you know people didn't have to die as right. long as everybody stayed in line mm-hmm. whereas negan almost looks for an excuse to kill and 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 stephen Ogg, god what is his character's name uh he he also looks Boy, like we are rusty <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> i needed to get my game card well, out yeah again. and i you know i follow him on twitter too so i see his actual name all the time i forget i'm forgetting right. his his uh, name on the show but yeah his character seems like he's looking for an excuse to to you know throttle some people every now and again well he's so. he's getting ready to he's getting ready to run into conflict with negan i mean i think i think uh the next couple episodes those two are going to come to a head because he's he's uh he's getting defiant and it's obvious that there was some bad blood between them to begin with and i think didn't we speculate that like he might have been the original leader of the group before negan took over oh really I don't, I don't remember. I don't that. remember talking about that. <laughs> oh, I thought we did talk head, about that. Scott. I want. To... Yeah. There's a lot in there in my head. I know. No. Yeah, I know. And I don't. Let's know that not. We want... Let's not go there. We're not right? unleashing that on anybody. No. Well, this is what I'm saying, and and it's really, <laughs> it really stinks that I can't talk a whole lot about the comic book, but I'm really, mm, I just want to see what happens because the storyline has changed so much that even with the Negan group, what's well, good. Like it's yeah, I mean it's it's fresh and exciting. Like yeah. for the people who have read the comic, like we don't know what's gonna happen now. Well, now that we, now we don't have to keep telling those people to shut up. Yeah, it's we're, <laughs> now we have an even playing field. I mean, they could still obviously they could still have the same. They could have similar storylines with different characters playing the part. So yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens between Negan and Simon and Dwight. At this point. Stephen August sign. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we figured that out. Yay! We made it through our first hurdle. Yes, it's going to be real interesting to see that because uh, Simon is definitely showing his, showing his teeth to Negan in little ways. And uh, and he's definitely got his little sadist, or sadistic issues going on. So um, it'll be interesting to see where those two carry out. I have a feeling, uh, I have a feeling we'll be seeing Simon leave the cast pretty soon, though. Yeah, maybe by the end of the season. No, I think before then. I think maybe in the next couple episodes. I think Negan's going to pop him. And it'll it'll cause things to start unraveling in Negan's camp. Because, I mean, because think about it. He'll have, if that's true, I mean, he'll he'll have lost three of his lieutenants. Yeah. His main guy. Yeah. Does, he, does he have more? Do we know? Yes. Eugene? Yeah, he's got the Eugene. Yeah, and the, he's got yeah. that girl, right? That girl, yeah. And, um... um I can. Okay, we're going to take a break for a moment, and when we come back, um, let's talk a little bit about Morgan and Carol and all the stuff that was going on with uh, King Ezekiel. Be right back. All right, we're back. Let's talk about Morgan. Morgan kind of split in time between Avenger Morgan and Crazy Town Morgan. Definitely, yes. Like, <laughs> right on the line of, of Crazy Town. Pokey Morgan. Yep. Pokey Morgan. Yep. Well, yep. to start off, I was interested in 
just the opening scene with Morgan, mm-hmm. where he's in yes. the tower and he's scoping out everything, and he sees the saviors come and start shooting and creating the path. Okay, first of all, how did they make that path? How did those zombies fall right where they were supposed to fall? To well, create I mean, a path for come the cars on, that company. was that was Eugene's big plan. Seriously, is you're gonna shoot enough people to make a path out? Really, that's your plan? I know. That's the ingenious plan that Eugene came up with. I was coming. Come on, Eugenius. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, when he was talking about, you know, Negan was all impressed with this incredible plan that he came up with, and I, that's going to take a lot of ammo. <laughs> it's just when I when I realized that was the plan, I was like, oh come on, that's just lame, man. Yeah, I thought they just like used the vehicle that plowed into the place to yeah. then plow back out through, you know, through the bodies or something. I didn't realize they were supposedly trying to build some sort of dead walker barrier. barrier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was just Evidently. silly. Yeah, it is yeah. a little silly. And I also didn't get why the fact Morgan didn't start popping those guys in the window. You know, well, he's got a scope on these people in the window. Why not start taking them out? Well, that's true, because I was going to say that would give him away, his position away, but they obviously already knew where he was because they started, they started shooting, shooting the at him. But he did not know that until they started shooting at him, and then he started warning everybody on the radio to get the hell out. Yeah. Yep. But then we heard from North. Who did we hear from? North and West, and he was South. So we assume that everybody got away, I guess. No, they didn't, because remember, he found the one guy from the tower. Oh, Rick found right. him. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah that's hanging right. off the water mm-hmm. tower or okay. whatever. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, and the fact that Rick could not reach any of them afterwards tells you that they didn't make it out, probably. Because right. Right. remember, he was trying to call any of them on the radio. He wasn't getting anybody. Which, again, for me, the simple fact that the, the, the writing for how that happened was bad... It would have been better if they just left it alone. You didn't have to go back and revisit how they got out of there. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they needed to, to redo that. I agree. I, I, I actually kind of felt like they didn't need to go back and, and see how Carl got bit again. Because, I mean... Oh, I totally agree with that, too. You know, we right. if you didn't know that... Right. Then go back and watch the episodes mm-hmm. to see it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we you know, we talked about it on, on here, so maybe we, maybe we were a little bit more aware than casual viewer. But I, I feel like it was kind of obvious yeah and i don't think right. they needed to go back and do that again so yeah that right. was like wasted 10 minutes because it was like an 86 minute episode yeah i was almost kind of disappointed that they did it because it was like what do you think we're idiots that we wouldn't catch that well <laughs> i think you got to look at it you got to look at it though as a being a premiere coming back from stuff that happened before so it was kind of yeah. bringing some of the viewers up to date it was kind of yeah. like uh, on last week's episode, exactly. where they would exactly. show you everything that happened for like the first ten minutes. And, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, exactly. Because you know, we we of course went back. I'm sure you guys did too. Went back and watched the last couple of episodes before the new season started, and uh, I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah, when you said we did, are you <laughs> referring to us? Yes, I was hoping. <laughs> Ah, so prepared. So prepared. <laughs> Next week on Scott's Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> we did not watch the marathon. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, there goes my point. Right out the window. Anyway, that's what that was that montage at the beginning was catching everybody up on what happened. Yeah. So yeah. It, it had a place. It had and, a place. You know, until Morgan saw Henry, 
you know, flitting about the compound there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a little Peter Pan. He seemed pretty normal. <laughs> and then it was like when he had to make sure that this little kid was not going to get killed by the saviors. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when he went to crazy town. He got really pokey and yeah. really fast. I think he was, yeah. Yeah, you're right, because, I mean, he was, I don't know if he was so pokey when, when he ran into Carol, but he certainly got to after that, when they started ambushing people. Yeah. 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 Then he went and to town on him, and Carol was getting a little scared. Carol gave him the look, like, what's up, dude? Mm-hmm. Well, she said, she said, I'm, I don't, I'm less worried about Henry than I am about you. I know. He's making up for lost time, I guess. Yes, he was. Hmm. Uh, he decided he had to, you know, he pretty much said, uh, we have to kill every one of them. And that's what they did. Went on a rampage. But there were a couple of times when he hesitated, like when they encountered the guys that were loading the truck. Mm-hmm. And I think he hit one guy first and then he kind of like, and he kind of backed up and looked at him. And then he was like, nah, well, shit. Nah, he didn't hesitate. I just gotta, he didn't hesitate. I gotta do it. No, he took those two guys out fast. No, 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 he did not. Yeah, yeah. You talking about the guys he, that were in the truck? The guys that were loading the truck. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. With not Scott. the ones he, that uh, were with Gavin. He, 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 he speared those guys pretty quick. No, he wasn't going to have any way with them. He, I think he was on, he was on, he was on a bloodlust at that point, and it went on until he almost got himself killed. Except mm-hmm. Carol saved his life by shooting the guy that was going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. He, he was going so crazy that it was surprising that he wasn't on the end of the other the other end of the stick when mm-hmm. Gavin got stabbed in the neck. But yes, when he when that came through, right. his neck, you expected, of course, to see Morgan at the other. Right. End. It was going to be Morgan yeah. was just about to do it. Um, it does it makes me shake my head a little bit, though. Morgan's wandering around with a silenced rifle. Um, why didn't he just shoot these guys <laughs> instead of going into hand to hand combat where that can make noise? And people I think could he hear feels. It. I think he feels more comfortable with the stick. Mm-hmm. He seems more adept at that than than a gun. And and I want to say the gun is more. It's not as personal as with the stick because when you're with, oh, the, of course, you know he's he's up yeah. close and personal with these guys, and he wants them to know like you screwed up, and I'm going to totally teach you a lesson. And you know? he also wants to. I mean, he wants to pay for it himself in a way. Yeah, well, I think he's he just, taking responsibility for yeah. the kill. I think he just wants to show off his big stick. Yes. Well, there could be that. Possibly. (laughs) Polish his rod, as we've said in the past. Oh, my God. Okay. But when they're in the (laughs) auditorium and he sticks his hand in that guy's bullet wound in his stomach and rips out the intestine. Yeah, what did you think about that, Scott? I thought it was lame. I mean, come on. Why did you need that there? I don't know. That was a little silly. That was way, way silly. I mean, it just... It was just, it was so forced. It was forced gore. I mean, the fight scenes were doing great before that. And then, you, <laughs> you know, it had been great. As if, as he was pulling it out, it had like little flags on it, like a magician's trick. <laughs> oh my God. And at the he end of balloons on there. It, he's like, Ed, for my well, next but, but trick. I mean, did you notice when he's, when he's forcing his hand in there, how still the guy was? He wasn't yeah. even moving anymore. Yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, I thought that was terrible. I was like, yeah. please, come on. You were having a great fight scene. Let's let's uh let the fight scene carry out. We don't have to we don't have to do the gore on this episode. Come on. <laughs> it was oh. I, th- I think Nicotera might have won out on that battle. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think the, the the everybody else been probably was like, uh, I don't know I if don't... we should do that, but 
We don't really like, I got need this that. great gag for uh, intestines. <laughs> we got this bucket of intestines, <laughs> yeah. intestines out here. We got to do something with it. I kind of liked it. I thought it Did was you? I know you would. Yeah. I knew you would. Really? Yeah. You I mean, it was executed a little bit poorly. It was very ham-handed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I thought it was classic Nicotero. And I think uh-huh. it just shows... Um, it shows how far Morgan has gone to to make sure that everyone is like dead, dead. Because he says we got to take everybody out, and then at the end when um, Ezekiel was it Ezekiel was like we got to get out of here, and he's like, don't worry, everybody's dead. <laughs> but you know the thing about it though, Kim, is he had already portrayed so much violence and and horror mm-hmm. without having to show it i mean just yeah. when he's jamming that stick down and you know it's piercing through somebody's head mm-hmm. you know th- not seeing it actually made it more horrific yep you yeah, know? as usual of course as usual and and i think that that's anyway that just felt to me the the gore just felt really forced because they had done such a great job with the fighting scenes already you know what he should have done is taken the intestine and then choke the guy with his own intestine. That would have that been, been awesome. cool. Yeah. Or they, or he could have tickled. <laughs> it would have been more like uh, Tarantino. He could have yes. reached up and gone, tickled him. Braided him a like made a sweater out of it. Exactly, knit and pearl. Lord. Ah, sorry, Kim. I don't. I guess we can't go with you on the gore one on that one, but yeah. But that wouldn't be unusual. You just lost 10 pounds. <laughs> the new gut diet. Just pull that I, fat right out. My whole 30 I did in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so uh, as the episode goes on, we have that really cool switching back and forth of the scenes between Morgan and Gavin and then Rick and... Carl. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I really love the way that they went back and forth with those things to show how innocence is lost and innocence is gained um, with the two storylines. And it portrayed it or propelled both of those storylines along quicker too. Really? Yes. It you did. know they. You know the. Mm-hmm. It could yeah. have bogged down. The Carl one could have really bogged down. But switching back and forth to to uh, Morgan's um, tracking. Gavin, which I thought was great. That mm-hmm. was incredible. Where he was following Gavin before mm-hmm. he was going to kill him. Those yeah. are some creepy. It was it was intimidating and 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 intense scenes. And uh, before he put you know was going to put Gavin down. Um, and like you said, switching back and forth between some of the Carl stuff and that I thought was like you said I thought was brilliant. That was really well done. Yeah, I would have loved to have been in the writers' room when they figured out all the little nuances. And the similarities between the speech patterns and what they were actually saying. And there was even a scene where um, I think it was Gavin got knocked out. Oh, it was when Gavin um, fell out of the the shed when Morgan opened the door and he fell out on the ground. And then the next scene is Carl being laid down in the church. Mm -hmm. So figuring out like how things are going to mesh together. Yeah, Super and then you're awesome. looking at Morgan looking down <laughs> on him, and then you go switch over to Rick looking down on on yeah. Carl. So, so was there a, a a connection between the transformations that were happening with what maybe Ezekiel was trying to impart to Gavin, and what uh, Carl was imparting to his dad? In a way, I mean, yeah, does it have anything to do with the title? 
Of course. Honor. Of uh-huh. course. Because Ezekiel wants to honor um, innocence. And so does Carl. And Carl is talking about how his dad can get back to that place that he used to be and that person that he used to be. And then he needs to try really hard to make life better for everyone, not just for the Alexandrians, but for the saviors and whoever else they encounter down the road. And Ezekiel is saying, you know, you are the, you are the person who decides where your life goes from this point. If you want to die in this way, you will die in this way, but you can walk it back. To me, it's the theme of like where they're going <clears throat> yeah. in the future. Cause the, I, like, um, Rick kept saying he was, um, he kept murmuring, uh, my mercy prevails over my wrath. Yeah, which is what he did last season. Yeah. That's right. that poem we'll, that he wrote. We'll, we'll talk about that. Resigning. We'll talk about that. Because that, that has to do with the last season, right? Or the last uh, uh, scene in the show. Well, in the beginning of this episode. In the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I also but, yeah. thought there was part of the honoring, though, was, was um, uh, Carl talking about how he honored his dad mm-hmm. by turning into the man he is. Mm-hmm. Because he he talked about the fact that he had become a killer there for a while and it had become very easy, but he watched his dad dial it back when it came to um, to uh, the governor's Woodbury. people. Yeah, and and it taught him that he could come back from that too. And so he was he he was t- you know he was telling Rick that he had on- his life was an honor to his dad. Right, and then that's when they flash on Henry, mm-hmm. and Henry kills Gavin and Morgan Morgan tears up and realizes okay I just took his innocence away because I'm yeah he's I, reason he I showed him how to kill like that yeah and that is dishonorable to Henry but also to himself for teaching someone to kill when he was um, a student of the cheese man basically who taught him that all life is precious and all life mm-hmm. has honor and, and which he had imparted that. on Henry's older brother, too. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, he didn't, he wasn't able to <sighs> teach Henry the same uh, stuff that he had taught his brother. I right. totally didn't even put that. That was his older brother that yeah. he was teaching. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's why Henry said I had to do that. The other cool part of that is that Henry, the actor of Henry, um, is Madison Lentz's little brother in real life. Who Madison was Sophia, who came out of the barn, Carol's daughter. Mm, right. Which I think is really cool in a way to honor her memory as well and everything that Carol stands stands for. It's a stretch, I know. But um well, but it could be you, he was just a handy actor. This is true. But when you put <laughs> it all together, like it's just you know, that children are a future and that if you don't raise them up the way that they can be responsible for themselves and take care of themselves and have empathy and sympathy for others, then you're pretty much raising another Negan. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Right. That's what Michael Jackson said. He did. What? Okay. <laughs> His children are the future. Raise them up. And... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I gotcha. thought he said, "Don't raise you any Negans." <laughs> well, yeah, that was part of the lyrics. I think that was towards the end of the song. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. I think another symbolism of honor in this episode is Sadiq. Mm-hmm. He's honoring his mother. Carl is honoring his mother through. Carl was hurt. 
helping fight. him honor his mother. Exactly for fighting those those walkers and mm -hmm. um, putting them out of their misery, honoring them as well. And Carl wants him to be in the fold. He wants him to be a part of the community. And I think him talking to his dad, like, don't be mad at Sadiq. It's not his fault. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who brought him in um, because he wasn't going to survive on his own, to be honest. Well, when Rick, Rick figured out that he was a doctor um, and Rick said, oh, so that's why you got him. Because he was a doctor, could be a doctor for our camp or whatever. And, and Carl was like, no, I got him because he needs us. Right. You know, Carl pretty much said, I didn't even know he was a doctor. Rick has gotten too practical. Right. Rick has Rick has lost all, well, not all, but <clears throat> at this point, Rick has faltered in in his empathy, like I said, towards others, where he is just, you know, who, how are you going to help me achieve the goal that I need to achieve? That's what Rick sees now. Right. Well, you saw Rick's face when, uh, I guess, was it this episode or the previous one when, when he figured out who S Sadiq is? Because he kind of went, oh, the guy from the gas station. It was this episode. Yeah, it was yeah. this episode. Yeah. It clued, you know, all of a sudden it connected with him. And, and you know, and Carl makes makes that statement to Judith. You know, you have to you have to honor your parents, he said, but some not, not all the time. Sometimes the kids have to teach the parents. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But do you think Rick is going to accept Sadiq now, or do you think he's going to hold yes. a grudge? No, I have I think a feeling he's, he's going to kind of hold a grudge a little bit. I don't think so. I think he's going to definitely accept him. Okay. I do. I think he's going to accept him because, well, two things. Carl accepted him and wanted him to be accepted. And also, he's a doctor, which is extremely valuable to that community. So he's needed. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Highly. Mm -hmm. And now Maggie has somebody to deliver her baby. Mm-hmm. Now well, she Dr. has two Carson's, doctors, actually. Dr. Carson's still around, though, right? That's what I was going to say. The, the other guy's still alive, right? They, yeah, they, they brought him back, right? Um, did they get him back? Maybe. I can't remember, honestly, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but even if they didn't, he's still alive with, with uh, the Saviors, and he'll probably he'll probably get back to him eventually, to the hilltop. Well, yeah, remember Eugene in the last episode dropped his keys at the door and was like, oops, I accidentally mm -hmm. dropped my keys to the car that's parked around the back. Yes, I do remember that, right. Yeah. Okay. And Father Gabriel still left there, wasn't he? Yes. He might have taken Father Gabriel with him. We don't know yet. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Father Gabriel and his mystery sick. sickness. Yes. His, which I still have no idea where that came from. All of a sudden he was sick. What? I still think I know why. Because of the stupid fucking walkers. You still think it's because the the walkers that had chemicals on them or whatever? Yeah. Okay. And they even talked about them during this episode. These are very important walkers. What do you mean they talked about them during this episode? What'd the they guys say? were talking about them. The saviors were talking about them. <laughs> When they were at the hilltop. No, when they were at the kingdom. Uh -huh. And they were loading the truck or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they were saying something about, oh, you mean oh, yeah, the walkers? Yeah, he got stuff. Yeah, they got stuff on them. I yeah. remember. Yeah, 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 that's right. They did say, may, say something about that. I huh. forgot about that. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. These are very important to something that's going to happen. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. That's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, if if you don't, so remember, we can start calling him Radiation Gabriel. Maybe. Well, if you don't remember, one of the things that we had been talking about um, in the first half of the season was that these other walkers had some weird looking either chemical burns or something that were on them, and and some of them had like 
you know, some of them even had like a white powder or yeah. something that was on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, King Ezekiel had ma- had mentioned it at one point when he had, they had killed a few of them. Mm-hmm. And, and then, we'd seen we also saw waste barrels yes. in the water, yeah. right? Leaking. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So they've hinted at there was something else going on with some of these walkers in that area near the uh, the uh, sanctuary. And they were the same walkers that got uh, Sheba, right? The tigers? Yes, yes correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And th- it was definitely not something to do with what when Eugene was smelting all the walkers to the fence. No. <laughs> no, it was, no, that was something not. different. Yeah, it was something different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe so. I didn't realize they had mentioned it in this episode, so. Hmm. Okay. I know, pretty exciting. No, we're still gonna be, we're gonna keep mentioning that one until something happens. <laughs> Fuck <Exactly>. yeah, <laughs> we will be right. We will be correct about something. <laughs> <laughs> not, not much, but yeah. that we will be correct. So, back to Carl dying. He back to Carl dying. I know it took the whole episode for it to happen, but die already, damn it! Carl decided that he wanted to kill himself. That he did not want. Um, anybody else to do that, especially Rick or, Morgan, or Rick or uh, Michonne. Michonne to do Espe- it. Yeah, oh. especially someone from his own family who loved him so much. Why did he do that? He said he had grown up and he was ready to do it. Mm-hmm. He's just being a man or well, what? He, no, what he described was that he said normally if you can't do it yourself, then you have someone else do it. But he was fully able to do it because he grew up, is what he okay. said. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, what, you know, the funny thing is when he actually shot himself... I missed even hearing it during the episode. Well, it sounded like really? it had a silencer on. Yeah, it was like, pfft. right. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And Which was just actually like, they're out on the front porch, so it was kind it of was a neat, neat touch yeah. to the. Uh, it was a neat touch to the scene, actually, because you did expect the typical bam. Yeah. And and you saw both uh, Michonne and Rick flinch. It was more reverent that way that it was quiet mm-hmm. instead of loud and in your face. Yep. And the fact that he was laying in a church, even with the broken out window, like it was a war scene. Well, there's also a little connection, too. I don't know if it was meant to be, but that kid he was talking about killing, he killed with a silencer. Hmm. Remember, he had the big silencer on the the homemade silencer on the front of his gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might be wrong, but he was on the altar, I think, where he killed himself. He was right at the base of that stained glass window. That right. Father Gabriel always gave his sermons, and uh, Rick mm-hmm. uh, was mm-hmm. when he was trying to convince everybody to kind of follow along with his plans. So yeah, see the symbolism in this episode was fantastic. There's always tons of symbolism. In I know, this. but you know you got to give credit to the writers; they are really good about thinking about this sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, I looking back on it, I think the the when you were bringing up just like them jumping back and forth between the scenes. I think that part of it was actually really important to the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the concept of the whole, the storyline in this one. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last scene is Rick leaning mm-hmm. up against a tree. Oh, this yeah. is where we have red-eyed crying Rick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bloody side. The same it's... side, by the way, that Carl got bit on. Also, you notice in the in the in the tree they're hanging stainless glass windows yes yes right which tells me i I don't know why but this tells me that this was much later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and kind of a cool idea right i would love to do that at our house and i think it's the same tree madison is leaning up against in the fear of the walking dead i think she was up there trying to cry 
Yes. At the ranch. Pretending to cry. Yes. Yeah. But I think this scene, that scene, to me anyway, (laughs) you know, that scene, it's it's hard to, 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 figure out it was meant in there to be provocative of course you know mm-hmm. um ooh, what happened to rick you know that kind of thing but i i really think that 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 what he says at the beginning about his mercy taking over his wrath my mercy my wrath he he's saying it in, in my eyes my prediction on that is he's saying that in tribute to carl and the fact that he didn't kill negan and that this is at the end when after the negan battle is that he? In the end, he let his mercy t- take over instead of his wrath. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, that's right. That, I mean, that's how I took it. Is his last final tribute to Carl mm-hmm. was by saying, "I I decided to go with mercy instead of wrath." Yeah. So, and we'll find out. We'll find out. But I I kind of figured that's way in the future, after the whole Negan War. I couldn't tell if he had been stabbed or shot, but there was definitely a lot of blood. And at first we thought that his gun, or we thought something was sticking out of him, but I think it was just his gun and his belt. He's definitely been shot or stabbed or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not on. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been not on. But I did no, think it was interesting so. that, that it did. It was the exact same spot that Carl got bit. More symbolism. So you don't think it's just a dream? You think it's an actual scene? I think that's it's an actual scene. It's something that's actually happening. Because, I mean, again, you, you're pointing out the fact that there's stained glass windows hanging in the tree. Right. Kind of makes it seem like it's a little dreamlike in a way. Well, yeah, except that I, I kind of got a feel that it's just, it's somewhere near one of the settlements. Mm-hmm. And it's someone has set it up. As, because it's got a beautiful view behind it and so forth of the fields yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so did you say you think it's the tree where Carl was bit? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, good. Okay. The wound okay. is in the so. same place as gotcha, Carl's gotcha, wound. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was the same be... tree where Madison was freaking out. <laughs> it could be the same place where uh, Maggie and Sasha met Jesus. No, met Aaron the first time. Yeah, you Ooh, mean when they were sitting was... on the log? Yes. Wow. Looking at the view? Season five or six, something Holy like yeah. that. Holy that is Good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are correct. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, I predict that is that is a scene from the end of the war. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll he did not. He didn't have his big fake gray beard on at that point. No. Well, that beard looked ridiculous, huh? <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> silly. Uh, I thought it looked like ZZ Top. Nice. Especially when he was like, by the way, I'm old. Oh, these knees. <laughs> like, there you go. You're selling it, Rick. <laughs> You're definitely selling it. <laughs> nice limp, pal. Oh, my back. Okay, so I have a question. Um, we saw Tobin in the sewers. Didn't Tobin die in the last episode? No. I thought he died in... No, no, no. He's, didn't he hand? Didn't he? Wasn't Tobin the one who handed Carl that note the from notes, Michonne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. yeah. No, he's still alive. I could have swore. Oh, not. Tobin. He probably should have. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think he was still alive. But who knows? Who knows? That was my hit. We're seeing Tobin again. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. All right. On well, that note. <laughs> on that note, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into some uh, hits and misses and and some listener feedback. 
uh, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, Stuart's been regaling us with some really, really horrible creep show puns. Um, we promise we we have told him he's not allowed to share them with you because they are truly horrid. Oh, they're um, incredible. <laughs> All right, share one, Stu. you got to share one with the listeners. Oh, no, really? Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, so, th- yeah, this is Tales from the Crypt. Tales the from the Crypt. The terrible puns, uh, which will probably most likely be cut out of this <laughs> podcast. But... Uh, <laughs> Kids these days with their long hair, you can't even tell the boils from the ghouls. (laughs) (laughs) Or, (laughs) today we're going to be learning about Scarallel parking. (laughs) And the correct way to look when you're hacking up. (laughs) God, they're awful. So awful, they're hilarious. They are. They are. They are just pitiful. All right. Uh, we are now into Kim's favorite segment, our hit or miss. And uh, and Kim, we're going to roll with you right off uh, the bat. Of course. What's your big hit? Okay. Um, you know, I have several. <laughs> we kind of figured. So uh, my By the way, listeners, hit... Kim is still not playing by the rules. Uh, I never did. pick one hit. Uh, my anyway. biggest hit is Michonne in this episode. And um, her mourning Carl's loss as if he was her biological child and just how deeply that hurt the loss of him affected her. And it just makes me want to cry again when he said, Michonne, you're my best friend. And she's like, Carl, you're my best friend, too. And I was like, oh, oh, my goodness. And then he said that he loved her. That was just heartbreaking. I was pulling out the heartstrings. It really was. And I started thinking about the clear episode when when they were when Carl and Michonne went off to that that deli, that cafe place and Yes, right, found the picture. The, yeah, they got the picture and she found the purple cat and uh just brought back memories. Yeah. It was just really sweet. So that's okay. my that's my number one is just Michonne mourning over Carl. And the fact that it affected her so much as if he was her child. Gotcha. Gotcha. Stu, how about your hit? My hit was um, after so many podcasts of us hoping this would finally happen, Carl finally gave up his hat. (laughs) Nice. And he gave it up in a good way. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to his sister. That was so sweet. He passed the baton. Yeah. No, so that I think that was a that was a good moment, mm-hmm. and um, thankfully, no more Carl's hat. Yes. Not to ruin it, but when he was doing all that, I was like, "Do you really think she's going to remember any of this?" It's all right. He'll Michonne will remind her. Yes, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And with, so will all the writing staff. Yep, exactly. They got it down on paper and in film. Nice. Um, well, I had. I almost want to pull a little bit of a Kim, 
because I had a little bit of a tie. I oh. did think the uh, I thought the scenes of Morgan stalking Gavin were incredible, especially the one the scene where you're looking down the hallway and you see Gavin stumbling through it through another door, mm-hmm. and then they just leave it blank there for a minute, and then you see Morgan slowly following him mm-hmm. through the door. I said, "Wow, that was creepy." Um, and but then his shadow. Ooh, yes. That was yes. A good one. Yeah, it's fantastic. But I did think probably the best was Sadiq saying goodbye to, to uh, mm-hmm. Carl and the way he was talking about paying tribute to him. I thought that was probably the best, the best of the goodbye scenes to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that was pretty powerful. That that was really good. Can I can I say my honorable mentions? No. Uh, no. No, I'm sorry. You you no. gave up your turn. You're, after you missed him. Yep. Yep. You you gave up your opening. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, you can say them. Come on. Okay, I just have a couple of honorable mentions. First of all, the the fact that (laughs) I went into this episode not expecting anything and actually not being excited and came out loving it, absolutely loving it. I think the entire episode and the story was just executed beautifully. They brought up elements from the storyline from the very beginning of the series with his mom, with Lori that um, I think played in well with this whole, with the whole death scene, made it more real and more emotional. And then, you know, it's just Carl is only, I guess he's 17, 18 or so. I don't know what he was in this episode, 17 ish. Um, But he's still like a child, but he's in a grown up world and you see him, you know, interacting with his dad and trying to come to grips with the fact that, they're never going to see each other again. Oh, just makes me, whew, it's heartbreaking. It was very well done. And then my next honorable mention is just the fact that Daryl had more lines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't talked, have much more. They talked about that on the after show thing too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Saying that, the, oh yeah. Daryl said it. Yeah. He said, hopefully Daryl will have, oh, he was going to ho- hopefully get more lines for Daryl or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, um, we aren't the only ones. I I, when he said that, I, I was like, maybe he's been listening to us. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so, though. Seriously doubt it, but maybe he has. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kim. I know you got a miss. Got to follow it with miss. You know, my only miss is that I just thought the first 15, 20 minutes of the episode was just a little bit cheesy. It was forced, and I think even... Can't uh, Chandler Riggs's acting was forced, so I think they could have taken out that entire first part and left us with the rest of the episode, and it would have been a million times better. Yeah, it 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 felt a little filler, yeah. in a way. But well, like, I thought like I, I agree. It's more of a kind of a recap kind of thing. Yeah, and I didn't. I I don't know if I felt like as much as you did as far as it being a filler. I did think. Um, I, I actually liked kind of the upbeat music that went along with it that they were playing. and uh, But I did think Carl looked a little bit too happy in some of the scenes for a guy that was dying. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't really talk but, about that part. Like, he did a lot on his the, very last day. The finger day. painting and, and yeah. all the other stuff. Oh, Gardening. Were, that was when they were playing the Bright Eyes song. Yes, yes. which oh, Stuart which, hates that I, hate, band. I don't like that <laughs> band at all. Connor Oberst, that kid. Uh, <laughs> so that ruined it for Stuart. 
But I gotcha. For some, you know, in the past, we've seen people who have gotten bit and they like either immediately turn or they're super sick. And he was pretty damn good for the majority of the day and active and hanging out with his sister who I'd be like, no, don't touch the little girl because you might bite her. And like I was scared for anybody to even try to kiss him when he was down in the sewer at, at one point. But yeah, he did a whole lot. Which was mm-hmm. great. He 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 lived his last day the way he wanted to. And the scene where he lifts his face up to the sun and closes his eyes, that was actually a really nice scene. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm feeling the sun for the last time. Mm-hmm. And he was appreciating the moment. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, a couple misses just happened for me right there that I didn't even realize. Like the, that, <laughs> I talked about the, the beginning kind of was not that great. That that Bright Eyes song, I just I really don't like that band, and um, <laughs> so that that really bothered me when they played that, and um, I, I really the, the big miss for me was that no one else really see even Daryl did not seem to say goodbye yeah. to Carl, even just yeah. Daryl Daryl I mean, did in his way I know Darryl he did, did in his, his way, way but uh, who was standing right Tara there Tara was Rosita. right there yeah. and you know it, it felt like one of them one other person needed to kind of break out of that like mm-hmm. i'm sorry you know we'll give you your space kind of thing and just lose it a little bit and right be like we don't want to lose you carl yeah because it, it just felt like okay well we'll just leave michonne and rick to this and move along well tara even gave him that that look like uh, oh okay well <laughs> like yeah. like this is awkward type thing like she didn't want to be involved in a sad situation well, I, I will say this. Part of that may be because Rick was looking a little bit like Crazy Rick back there, and I'm sure that makes anybody uncomfortable in that group. They've seen Crazy Rick. And uh, not that he was turning into Crazy Rick, but he had that that kind of weird wrestler's look going on. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, uh, but, I mean, besides, um, you know, Rick's daughter, Carl's like their, their other kid, you know? I mean, or their, or at least... The brother mm-hmm. to all those people, right? You right. know, so sure. you, know, you don't you don't miss an opportunity to say goodbye at that moment. Um, you know, I mean, this this is the last time you see him. So mm-hmm. I, it's it's weird to me that someone, especially Tara, Tara is like the perfect example of someone that would just be like, "Screw this!" Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say goodbye to Carl too. True. Right. Um, so it it just felt a little. Uh, in not genuine, I guess, when that happened mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. But they, who knows? Something else may have happened because that that then the funny kind of the funny side note that we didn't even talk about was that Rick was like, "Can you help me carry him out of here?" Yeah, right. <laughs> or the <laughs> fact that Rick had, Rick had said, "No, we can't move him. He won't make it." And all of a sudden, he's like. We got to get him out of here. Yeah, right. Like, well, where did the not, hell did that come from? Which, yeah. which he did after the candle blew out, which I thought was kind of weird. Like, does that mean mm. there's less oxygen? What? Like, why? No, he just, I don't know, just changed his mind so they could have that scene dragging him across the field to the church. Mm. Okay. All right. What was your miss? My miss, and it's just a pet peeve. It's just really, that's the best Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. That's the best plan that Eugene could come up with. Killing oh, kill, a trail of them coming out of there. That's the big plan that Negan was so impressed with. 
If that's your only problem this episode, that's pretty. Oh, I got others. Good. I got others. You okay. know that. But but that one, I don't know why it just kind of sticks in my craw. I just wanted to. I thought Eugene was more clever. Scott I has a craw, to, by the way. I do have a craw, and my craw is upset. Um. Anyway, now that's. I mean, you know, I mean, overall, it wasn't bad. It went a little long, but uh, but you know, it was a good episode. I mean that was that was kind of like a really that's how they yeah. were planning to get out of there. I thought it was weird too. <laughs> well, we do have some listener comments. Emmeline Veltkamp said, "So much crying on my part last night. Ugh. When they revealed that the visions of the future were Carl's, I lost it big time." I know. I hear you, Emmeline. I was right there with you, babe. Mark Lavarnway, our um, new musician. So is Judith going to take on Carl's role? Seems likely that TWD is uh, did a little self-correction. And what's with Rick sitting below the tree with a gunshot wound? Another patient for Sadiq? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he Could is. Be. Could be. Um, Judith taking on Carl's role. So that's interesting, but unless they do a major time jump, she's still a tiny little girl. Right. And but they've this... already played with time with Carl. Because yes, you're looking have. at a kid who's 18... Who was probably five when it started, and and uh, so that's you know thirteen years in between. But they've not been there. This is, the show's not been thirteen years later. Right. Well, it's interesting because I mean they do. They've got Judith, who's could replace Carl, and then you've got that Henry kid that can replace the other kid that was killed off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I mean, it's just you know they're they're here are these kids that were supposed to be the symbol of the future that were dead. And now we've got these other two kids that are similar ages that are kind of filling those roles again. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping they don't have they're not filling in for somebody else. I'm you know maybe there's a unique story that will come from them. Oh, I think I think there will be, but I'm just saying, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you have unfortunately you have you have this innocent loss, you know, innocence lost with these other two kids. But yet there are these people right in line, right behind him that are going to, that are going to fill in for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, right. what the civilization is going to be. Cause I think one of the symbols of them losing these kids that grew up only knowing this is that there would be no other future than this. Right. right. And it, you know, there, it will move on at some point. Right. Unless Negan kills everybody. <laughs> well, Negan's got kids in his yeah. camp too. So, or, Morgan goes super crazy and just starts poking everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that is a very real possibility. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Morgan since he's not going to be in the show after this this half season. I kept thinking, you know, I honestly kept thinking that he was he was toast in this. Oh, one. I did Something too. was going to happen to him yep. in this show. I think it's Me I think too. it's still they're going to drag that one out a little bit more. Yeah, so they still got some Morgan commando coming up. They're setting him up for yeah something something not so good happening. Hmm. I do have a little bit of trivia that I got from the uh, Walking Dead wiki that I thought was a little bit interesting that you guys might want to hear. Rick Grimes and Morgan, they're the only remaining characters from the original pilot episode, now that Carl's gone. Hmm. Was Carl was Carl in the original pilot? I don't think he was, right? No. No, because he was, he was found in the camp after Rick found, uh, found uh, Daryl's group and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last three survivors from the original Atlanta camp are Rick, Daryl, and Carol, now that Carl's gone. And now that Carl's gone, 
Andrew Lincoln is the last series regular actor from series from season one to be on the show. Because Morgan, Lenny James, was only mm, on the show for a couple of episodes. Yeah. And then he hey, was what about Carol, though? Out. She wasn't a regular. She wasn't a series regular. She was just a... And starring... Ah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about that? So that was pretty cool. Got any news? I do. So, first what? of all... Ratings went up a bump from from the mid-season finale. They were like seven-something million for the mid-season finale, and this time they were 8.28 million viewers. So that's good, but probably just because people were like wanting to see what happened with Carl dying. Also, Scott Gimple was recently interviewed about Morgan, and he was asked, like, what's going to happen with Morgan when he gets to the fear, um, fear of the walking mm-hmm. dead. And is it going like, how is he going to be incorporated into the whole storyline? And Scott Gimple said that it is not going to be a look into Morgan's past. It is going to be a look into Morgan's present. So uh, basically... What? He's just screwing with everybody. And this is all, I I should preface this whole news segment by saying, spoiler alert, if you do not want to be spoiled by anything, do not listen to any of the news. Um, But basically, he said... Do you want to listen to this, Scott? I'm taking... I'm leaving the room. Okay. See you, Scott. (laughs) He said, I will say, and it is important, it is not a prequel. We do play with time in interesting ways in this upcoming season of Fear to tell a certain story. I don't want to sell like everything is happening on this precise timeline that I'm giving you, but we do play a little bit with time. And as far as Morgan goes, we're not telling a story about Morgan's past. And then he went on to say that basically Morgan is going to leave season eight of The Walking Dead and head to Houston. Okay. And he's going to meet up with the people from Fear. Is he actually saying that or is Mm -hmm. he just like messing with his words because it's not actually his past when he's in fear it's his present <laughs> i'm just saying yeah i i you know, know what i mean he, he said that morgan leaves season eight and heads to fear so he's not dying. i wonder i wonder how bad gimple's drinking problem is <laughs> yeah uh you know okay. he's just he's like haha got him again He's like, I am screwing with these people. Ed, I can't wait to see what comes out on Twitter tomorrow. Pass that joint. (laughs) On a similar note, Lauren Cohen, this has actually been in the news quite a bit. So Lauren Cohen's contract is still being negotiated with AMC and The Walking Dead. And she's just been offered a starring role on a TV show pilot. Mm-hmm. So she's been offered um, the role in a new spy thriller called Whiskey Cavalier, which is on ABC. And she would play a CIA operative opposite of Scott Foley, who was in Scandal. And he's an FBI agent in the show. And the pilot has not been picked up yet. There's so many open-ended questions about whether she could end up on this pilot. They might not even pick her. Um, she could come to terms with the Walking Dead producers, or she could do both. 
Or she's just using this as a leverage play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the Maggie storyline has a lot more to cover, especially mm. if they follow with the uh, comic books. Um, so everybody's kind of like well, waiting with bated breath to yeah. see what happens with her. They set her up as the new queen. So Yeah. Yep. But apparently she's not being paid like some of the other actors. And so, of course, she wants mm. a bump in salary. And that's where the whole negotiation thing is being held up. So does sound like a leverage play. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, um, Chandler Riggs tweeted out something to all of his fans. Just a little thank you. And it said, none of this could have been done without you. It was always for the fans and it always will be. So thank you for giving me this chance to let me pursue my dreams and to continue to make you angry, sad, happy, and everything in between, I won't let you down. Hmm. Isn't that sweet? We pay a tribute to Chandler for driving us crazy for the last yes. year or so. That was well said. Yep. Very well said. Very well said. And might I add that he looks so much better with his haircut. He does. And he looks actually like a baby again. I guess. Young man. Um, I wanted to mention before we get off of here... Um, a couple of really cool shows on uh, Netflix okay. that came out. If you haven't seen them yet, um, there's the Cloverfield Paradox. Oh. Have you seen that? Not, Not yet. yet. Nope. But it looks good. Yeah, it's very good. It's a sci-fi horror mm -hmm. flick. Um, pretty, pretty cool. And there's another one I watched uh, that I just kind of clicked on it and started watching it. That actually turned out really cool. Was called The Ritual about hmm. these four uh, English guys that are backpacking in the Swedish uh, or yeah in Swedish woods mm -hmm. huh, okay. very creepy very creepy and another one that I'm really looking forward to I mean the previews look fantastic is that movie A Quiet Place oh yes. yeah, yeah 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 that looks really uh, good. Does look good yeah Emily Blunt and, and John uh, Krasinski yep um, that one looks really cool so uh, I'm really excited about when that comes out. That should be really good. So uh, if you guys are interested in watching any of those things, those two are on Netflix. Try them out. And we Let tried, us know what you think. We watched Bright with you, which I really liked, which mm -hmm. is the Will, um, uh -huh. Will, Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith, thank you. I was going to say Will Ferrell for some reason. Um, Will Smith um, show on Netflix. That was really good. And we watched, what is that other one from Germany? Oh, shoot. Dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Dark Place? It was not yeah. good. It was okay. Well, it had it had its moments. I mean, it was it had some creepy stuff about it. The visuals were really good. Mm -hmm. Some of the visuals. Um, it, it, the problem with that show is it, about halfway through, it really got complicated. It got mm -hmm. more complicated than you could follow the story. I think we only did about a couple episodes did of it. Two episodes because it was so slow. We were like, oh, my God. And plus, yeah, everything's gray, yes. which is uh, like reminded me of like living in Portland. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> it was always yeah, it rainy is that. and gray. It is that. And, like, but it definitely by the time that uh, I it lost me in the last couple of episodes, I had no idea what had just happened, <laughs> which is disappointing if you've gone through and watched the whole series. Um, yeah. But you know, I bet you know. I thought halfway through it, it was pretty. It was pretty cool and creepy. I'm glad you liked it. I was a big negatory. That's just sad. Next time on The Walking Dead, season eight, episode ten, the Lost and the Plunderers. Um, groups unite their forces and converge on Hilltop. Meanwhile, Aaron and Enid search for allies. 
Simon takes matters into his own hands. So I think, like I said, I think Simon's going to come up into me- mega conflict with Negan. All right. Well, that should be exciting. That's good. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening again to the Fear Me podcast. You can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. And you can find us on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And you can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site. And once again, we want to say thank you so much to Mark LaVarnway for providing the music for our podcast. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Camera action. <laughs> Price camera action. I like that. Uh, serenity now.